0: Congregation, this afternoon we deal with Lord's Day 49 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 49. And that's on page 556 of the Book of Praise. And there the church has confessed the the word of God as follows about the Lord's Prayer. What is the third petition? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is, Grant that we and all men may deny our own will, and without any murmuring, obey your will, for it alone is good. Grant also that everyone may carry out the duties of his office and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. Brothers and sisters, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that includes the boys and girls here who belong to the Lord, too, as we witnessed here at the baptism this afternoon, they belong. Do you sometimes think of the angels who were told in the Bible, as we sang, to surround God's people day and night, watching over them? who are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation, as we read in Hebrews chapter one, the last verse of Hebrews one. Because they're spirits, we, we can't see them, of course. Still, they are here all around us, as scripture says. A very comforting thing to believe God sends out his legions of angels to protect and to fight for his people. And the Bible tells us that those who are with us then are always more than those who are against us. However, it's not only comforting to think about the angels. I'm afraid we also have to have a sense of shame when we think about the angels because after all we are god's children we saw that here at the baptism god adopts us for his children and heirs and the angels are just god's servants but the servants are most more faithful in their service to God than the children. They're examples to us, in fact. The children of God still have to learn from the servants of God how to serve Him. And see, this is why the Lord Jesus Christ taught us as children of the Father in heaven to pray the third petition, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, let us, your children, be just as eager and ready and willing and faithful to do your will as your servants in heaven, the angels. So this is a prayer to God to renew us so that the discrepancy between heaven and earth may be done away with and so that god may be served as zealously by his children here on earth as he is by his angels there in heaven god has to become all in all here on earth as in heaven so the reference to heaven by the Lord Jesus in this petition is then a strong incentive for us not to be just satisfied with ourselves, where we've come in our obedience to God, the way we are now. We need to become better and better children of our Father in heaven. It's so easy to be satisfied with the status quo, to give up striving to serve God better and better. The reference to heaven urges us not to stop praying and striving to serve God better and better in this life until heaven and earth meet. And this afternoon then, in order to better understand what Christ teaches us to pray in the third petition, we're gonna compare ourselves to the angels in heaven. So I preached to you the third petition with this theme, God's children need to become just obedient to God's will, as his servants. And so we pray that we may, first of all, know God's will, as well as the angels in heaven. Secondly, be as willing to deny ourselves as the angels in heaven. And thirdly, be as content with our own office and calling as the angels in heaven. So first of all, we pray that we may know God's will as well as the angels in heaven know God's will. So, whoever is going to do God's will, congregation has to first know what the will of God is. Find it out. Find out what that will is. If you don't know what God's will is, you're not going to be able to carry it out, right? And in this regard, the angels in heaven have quite. An advantage over us, God's children, here on earth. God tells the angels in heaven directly what he wants from them, so they can do what he, his will right away. The angels stand around God's throne, waiting to hear his every command. When the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 6 saw the throne of God in that vision we read about, he saw angels, seraphim, hovering around God's throne. They each had six wings, symbolizing their readiness to go and do whatever God ordered them to do. And those angels didn't have to guess then what God wanted from them. They knew directly from God at His throne what he wanted them to do, his will. Well, one day in paradise, when paradise is restored, we'll all know God's will perfectly like that, too, and directly. That's how it was in the first paradise already. God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening and spoke directly to them, his children, told them exactly what he wanted from them, his will. And they were also sensitive to what he wanted from them. They didn't need a lot of instructions. They knew his will too. He spoke, they absorbed, they knew his will. They didn't need to pray on earth as it is in heaven. It was on earth as it was in heaven. But then, as you know, they broke off that direct contact with God. And instead, they listened to the deceiver, to Satan. And the result was that they no longer had ears to hear God's will. In fact, by nature, they didn't want to accept God's will anymore. Communication with God had broken down. And it was from man's side that it was broken down. However, after the fall... God, in his great mercy, did everything possible to restore the communication between himself and fallen man again. Because of the coming of the Savior, he did that. He sent prophets to speak his word. He gave visions so people would know what he wanted. He even sometimes sent angels as his messengers to appear to people and tell them what to do. And finally, as it says in Hebrews one, the beginning, he spoke everything we need to know, he told us everything we need to know when he sent his only son to this earth. Jesus Christ is the word made flesh, the full revelation of God. In him we have everything we need to know God's will. And so we confess with Article seven of the Belgian Confession, that this Holy Scripture, the gospel of Jesus Christ, fully contains the will of God, and all that man must believe is sufficiently taught therein. But even though we have that full word of God, that full gospel of salvation in Christ here, congregation, we're still not on a par with the angels in heaven when it comes to knowing God's will, are we? Our sensitivity to God's will has become stunted. And we don't always understand what His will is in the Bible, in the gospel. And that's not God's fault. It's not the fault of the Bible. It's our fault. Because of our fault. Our sinful nature. And you see, the Bible is not a book for lazy people. The Bible doesn't give a direct answer to every question about God's will in this life. You have to work with it. You have to build sensitivity to God's will through spending time with the Bible, studying it. And the thing is, the Bible is not a set of, not a book of rules with do's and don'ts for every situation in life. It's true, there are a lot of straightforward commands of God in which it's easy understand what God's will is you shall not we heard the law this morning but there are a lot of situations in life for which the Bible doesn't give direct indication what God's will is in this situation for instance would it be God's will to donate your organs for transplant or for research after you die and is it according to God's will to use in vitro fertilization if there's infertility? You know, and the Bible didn't know about those kind of situations. It wasn't written in, a, in, a, in an environment where those things were known. In cases like that, where the Bible doesn't give a direct answer, it's not so that then we're free to do as we see fit ourselves either, though. No, we're always and in everything subject to God's will. And his word, we mentioned, is sufficient. But the thing is, we have to listen carefully to what God says in his whole word. And then the Spirit gives us the tools we need to discover God's will from knowing his word. We find principles and guidelines to show us how we ought to act in this or that situation, even though those situations were unknown in Bible times and have only come up in modern times. The Bible draws lines which we can draw through to today's situations to know God's will. So, yes, God's servants... The angels in heaven receive direct revelation of God's will as they hover there around his throne. God says, do this, and they do it. And they know exactly, they hear his voice directly. But we, God's children, fallen, though still, we we have the whole gospel. That word is God's declaration of love. And the more sensitive we are to that declaration of God's love, the more we'll be able to know God's will for us in every situation in life. It's like a father with his children. The more there's a good relationship of love between a child and and his father, the more that child is sensitive to what the father expects of him. He doesn't have to, the father doesn't have to tell him everything. He'll know, oh, oh, my dad won't like this. I know my dad doesn't like this. And he knows that. Know better and better, in fact, what the father would want, what their father would want them to do. And that's how it is with God's children. They become sensitive to the father's will through the gospel. But this is then the problem, we're still too often lacking in our love for our Father in heaven. And then we're still so often easygoing, you know, in our interaction with the gospel, with the word. Too general, you know, in our knowledge of it. You know, I, I know the Bible. Really, do you really know it? And then we all, all too often think, we know what God wants, when, whereas it's really our own will which we're trying to transpose on God. God wouldn't mind this. And you see, as long as those things are there, we'll never really know God's will as the angels in heaven do. People who don't interact enough or deeply enough with God's word will never be able to do God's will as He wants. And lazy listeners in church will be lazy in obeying God's will too. And that's because obedience to God's will always begins with heeding God's word with the heart, listening with the heart, reading, listening, studying, meditating on Scripture, learning to know God's love in Jesus Christ as He has revealed it in in His word. So congregation... In the petition, your will be done, we then first of all ask God that his spirit will open our hearts and minds to better and better know him from his word and so also his will. That we, his children here on earth, may more and more know his will as his servants in heaven know it. But when we pray this petition, we need to work with it then too. We need to open our Bibles every day, listen patiently, carefully to the Word of God, meditate on it, get to know our way around in the Bible, look up different parts, compare, think through, personally, also together, in, in family and in the various Bible study groups we have in church it's so important to also listen and learn from each other as fellow christians as fellow readers and understanders of the bible that's how we open ourselves to the work of the holy spirit in us so we know what the will of god is And. You know, if we're discussing the Bible together and we don't agree on the answers to every issue right away among each other, then we shouldn't just ignore the others and conclude that we're right and they're wrong and that's it. No, we have to listen carefully. Think over carefully. Pray for insights so that we can come to some kind of understanding and agreement on what God wants in a certain situation. And pray for those who need to make decisions about all kinds of things. Also in the church, that they may receive insight from word and spirit. For instance, when it comes to the work of the consistory and the deacons, we need to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in connection with their work too. For they in particular also struggle, have to struggle to understand God's will in all kinds of situations they deal with. Let them know your will here on earth as your servants the angels do in heaven we come to the second point we also pray in this petition that we may be as willing to deny ourselves as the angels in heaven brothers and sisters boys and girls to obeying god's will means that we have to deny our own will and in this god's children here on earth lag behind his servants in heaven The angels are only too eager to do God's will. Their life is to do God's will. Every angel in his own place and station willingly fulfills what God requires of him. No questions asked. No ifs, ands, or buts. So different with us, isn't it? often quite a struggle for us to deny ourselves to do God's will. We're not always that eager to do the will of God either. When we come to know it, this is what God wants, but yeah, I I prefer this. And then we often, uh, you know, and when we come to that, we often question whether God's will is really the good way to go. It's because by nature we're inclined to resist doing God's good will. That's because of the fall. That's the way we're born. That's why the baptism too. It signifies that we're conceived and born in sin and we need that washing. Doing God's will brings us into conflict with ourselves every time again. Well, the angels in heaven don't have to deal with this struggle of self-denial. And that's not because they're impersonal beings or so, something like robots. They're not. We don't know what angels are like exactly. They're spirits, but they're not robots who do God's will because they can't do anything else. What we do know is that once upon a time, Satan, one of the highest angels, rebelled against God, refused to do God's will, wanted to decide for himself what to do. And in his rebellion, he took a whole host of angels with him. And at that moment, the whole angel host in heaven had to deal with what we deal with every day. They had to ask themselves at that time, Whose will is to be done? Many angels followed Satan. They were given over to the evil, to the evil one. And they can't repent anymore. They cannot repent. But other angels, by God's grace, gave themselves over to God's will, to doing God's will completely. And they cannot fall anymore in heaven now. They do God's will with perfect zeal. In the meantime, in Adam, we let ourselves be drawn into that rebellion against God. And now God's children on earth are inclined to rebel against God's will too. By nature, we want to do our own will rather than God's will. That's how it is in this part of God's kingdom here on earth where His children live. And so now the children on earth are worse off than the servants in heaven when it comes to denying their, their own will. And this is why the, this third petition of the prayer which Christ taught us is so necessary here yet, congregation. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means self-denial for us here because it is not on earth as it is in heaven. It's a battle for us to submit ourselves to God's will here. Even though it should be clear as day to everybody that God's will only brings good and blessing, and following our own will always leads us into problems, we still have to fight ourselves to deny that will of ours all the time, ongoing. It's a battle. And so we don't pray in the third petition that that battle be now taken away. No, we pray that we may keep up that fight, that we even intensify that battle. We ask in this petition that we may fight and overcome our own wills, which have become so corrupted that they want to do the opposite of good every time again. We ask that we on earth may more and more obey God's will without any ifs, ends, or buts, just like the angels in heaven. In fact, we need to become more than the angels in heaven as children of God. They do God's will as his servants, willingly, faithfully. We are God's children and heirs, Doing God's will out of servitude is not what God is after with us. He wants childlike obedience from us. In other words, obedience to His will because we love Him as our Father in Christ. See, you you can obey God's will out of duty while your heart remains in rebellion against Him. But that's not what God wants. That's not what he's after. He doesn't want children who only do what he says because they have to. He doesn't want us to do what he wants just because that's what's expected of us or because otherwise we're going to get the elders on our back and they'll bring it up every time again at home visit. Same old story again. They're going to touch on it. No. Our Father in heaven wants us to be children who are ready and willing and eager from the heart to live for Him, whose desire it is to do what pleases their Father in heaven. Wants us to be like that that author of Psalm 119, how good it is to do your will. It is my desire in life. See, brothers and sisters, boys and girls too, that's how God wants us to become. And we can more and more become that way if we call on Him to help us in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus humbled Himself, became a servant. We sang about that this morning on on the cross. He became lower than the angels in order to fulfill God's will for us in our place. And so now through the spirit He obtained for us, we can again more and more become children of the Father in heaven who want to do His will from the heart. The Spirit promised us. We heard it here at the baptism of Lil' Noel. The Spirit promised us that He will renew us to more and more be able to deny our own will and to do God's will. But we have to ask for Him to work that in us too. And we have to give ourselves to the work of the Spirit too by opening His Word. So... So if you experience in yourself that constant struggle between your own will and God's will, brothers and sisters, it's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing, that struggle. No, you can rejoice. If that struggle is there, that means that this petition is being answered in you. It's evidence that the Spirit of Christ is at work in you crucifying your will, nailing it to the cross, and bringing to life in you the new life in Christ, the desire to do God's will as He did it. It's evidence that your prayer to deny your own will and to do God's will, as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven is being heard. And then you more and more are becoming like the angels in heaven and more and more like the Savior, your brother in the flesh, as it says in Hebrews, whose food it was to do his Father's will. We come to the final point of the sermon, yet we pray in the third petition that we may be as content with our own office and calling as the angels in heaven. The Catechism explains the third petition as also including the request that everyone may carry out the duties of his office and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. And when we hear of office and calling, we, all, we often right away think of special office and calling in the church and so on. But the catechism includes in that office and calling whatever task we're given to do in this life where we are, where he's placed us. We have responsibilities wherever we are whatever position we have. You see, it's important to God how we act at our jobs or or at school as husband or wife or parent in the home, member of some organization, Canadian citizen, member of the church. We all have various responsibilities and tasks in life to do where we're placed in life. And our Father in Heaven wants it to become apparent in all those responsibilities and tasks that we're His children who seek to do His will. That means that in whatever position He has placed us in in life, we work zealously, humbly, obediently as serving Him and not ourselves or other people. and we all have different roles and responsibilities, right? Not not everybody has the task of being a prime minister. Citizens who uphold the law and pay taxes are also needed. Not everyone becomes CEO of a corporation. People who do the work on the floor are necessary too. Not everyone becomes a parent. Not everyone becomes an office bearer, and those differences can sometimes cause, cause a bit of envy and dissatisfaction You see that all around us today, corruption, jealousy, resentment. People who walk over others to get where they want to be. People who go on strike because they're dissatisfied with their pay and demand more. People who abscound money. Dissatisfied people who are envious of the work and the income which others have. And these things are threats to us as well, congregation, in our work, as well as in our church life, in our personal life. Resentment, you you can get resentful. How come he ends up in office in the church and not me? Envy. they, They seem to get ahead all the time and we just keep struggling along. They get the opportunities and we don't. And then your work and your task and your responsibilities become less and less pleasant. Sitting in church becomes less joyful. And it becomes more and more difficult to carry out the duties of your office, particular office and calling, willingly and faithfully as the servants of God in heaven. Well, in this, we need to learn from those servants in heaven, the angels. Because the angels in heaven have all, when they were created, they were all given different tasks and responsibilities and positions too. Different offices and callings to fulfill. There are cherubim. And there are seraphim. And there are archangels. There are messenger angels like Gabriel. And there are angels who lead in battle against the evil spirits like the angel Michael in scripture. And there are angels who surround God's throne with praise. Think of Isaiah, book of Revelation. We have no idea how many special tasks God has given to his legions of servants. But this we do know that Every angel willingly and faithfully carries out the duties of his office and calling. No complaints, no envy, no resentment. We're saying that with Psalm 103. They're loyal servants of God. At one time, there was an angel who wasn't loyal to the office God gave him. Satan wanted a higher office. He wanted to be like God. That's why he fell. And those who were like him, fell with him. And they are now kept in nether gloom until judgment day, chained there, as Peter writes to Peter 2. They have chosen against God and they will be eternally condemned for that. But the remainder of the angels who didn't fall do their task joyfully and faithfully, whatever their position, whatever their responsibilities Well, that's how we, God's children on earth, should be in our daily tasks and responsibilities too. Faithfully serving God in the place and station He has given us in this life. And not looking enviously at positions God has given to others and so on. We have to admit, don't we, that we too often complain about our work and our tasks and our responsibilities as parents, as partners as workers or whatever and we so easily fall into dissatisfaction into envy resentment about the duties we have and our responsibilities God's children here on earth have a lot to learn from God's servants in heaven in this regard and that means there's also lots of reason yet in this regard, to keep praying the third petition as our Lord and Savior taught us. Because that contrast between heaven and earth, that can't continue like that forever. But if the children on earth keep praying that they may become more and more like the servants in heaven, then we're headed in the right direction to when heaven and earth will meet at the return of Jesus Christ then the Spirit of Christ will help us to fulfill the duties of our office and calling as serving God, looking ahead to the time when we, the children, will be like the angels, the servants, willingly and faithfully serving God in whatever His will for us is, whatever He wants us to do. So, congregation, do you see what Christ teaches us to pray for in the third petition? Teaches us to pray that the differences between heaven and earth may, by God's power and grace, be removed. Teaches us to keep calling for that paradise restored when God's will is all in all. And we don't have to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It will be done. Amen. Let's sing in response to the proclamation, hymn 63, stanzas one and four.